we're going to continue our learning with the fundamentals of faith today. And I just wanted to do a quick recap of what we did last week and then just um, jump straight, straight into it. What we did last week is we, f- we, we focused on where the, where the principles of faith actually come from, where the Rambam codifies them, where he must have actually got them from. We talked about how the Rambam got them as a reflection from the indicators in the Mishnah of people who are off or out of the pale. And the Rambam sort of codifies what you have to do to be in um, from that. We discussed a little bit last week as to um, why the Rambam codified it here, why the Torah doesn't seem to emphasize it beforehand as being a, uh, as being a, the, the system of, um, the, the, the Gomorrah, the mission doesn't seem to focus on these principles. It's only the Rambam. And we talked about the, the emphasis and the education. How do you want to educate your people? And finally, we spent a little bit of time discussing what happens if you don't believe them. What happens if you, if you decide that, you know, for you, you know, the prophets, that, 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 that isn't something which resonates with you. you uh, the, the fact that God, uh, God is corporeal, you know, he's got a body, that isn't something, you know, you don't, the, all these things, you, 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 you disagree on one or two points. So what happens then? So the Ramam says in no uncertain terms is that, you know, thanks Joe, but you're not part of the, you're not part of the team. Right? You know, so the Ramam says that you, you're, uh, you, you don't believe in one of these, you're out, out of the system. And... Um, and we saw this, that people disagree. The Sefer Karim says that no, that's not. It doesn't have that same gravity. It's not that um, that um, heavy. Um, but nonetheless, we we ended off last week with talking about Rebbe Khanan, who says he quotes the Rebbe Chaim Soloveitchik, who says that a person who even accidentally doesn't have the right system of belief is going to be um, is actually also loses their share in the world to come, which is a huge statement because speaking, if you just read the pure report. <laughs> That means to say we can own statistics according to that, then how many people are essentially not part of the system then, if that's, if that's to be true, which is very worrying and disturbing. Um, so well, we addressed that a little bit last week, but we didn't really give it full, full time. Um, one other thing to, to consider in the fo- in, is the following. is Let's say you have a person who is keeping a Torah system of, um, of values, and they're doing mitzvahs, and they're, do- they're performing all the necessary injunctions of Judaism, but they're doing it because they, it happens to be, you know, they, they came to it themselves. You know, it happens to be that most consumers who buy kosher don't buy it for religious reasons. Do you know that? I think 62% of people who buy kosher say they do it for health reasons. Right, so what happens if you're, you're, you happen to be a person who, who, who eats kosher because, not because God told you, but because it happens to be, you know, that there's, a, there, there's more, a more healthy system of checking, checking the factories, there's uh, more likely to be less, less added um, ingredients that you don't know about, right? So what happens if, you're, if you do that? So do you get, is, is, there, a, is there a value to, happen to, be, happen to be approximating the Torah system just because you came to it yourself? You don't work on Sabbath because you take off weekends. Whatever else it is, you, you live that kind of that kind of life. So does that help? Does it work? <coughs> so, um, so Rav, Rav Bleich, Rav J, uh, David J. Bleich, who wrote a book um, actually on the 13 principles of faith, we're going to come to it just at the end of today's share. He says that, you know, in the end of the day, that doesn't make the cut. If you're, if you're doing it because you're serving either your own system, your health system, whatever else it is, but you're not doing it because you're trying to serve God, then in the end of the day, you, to a certain degree, you're missing the boat. And that's what the Ramam is saying, is how do you know you're actually doing it for the right reasons if you're serving God? But how do you know what God is? How do you know what His system is? Yeah, I'll tell you how it is. There's 13 ways to know you're doing the right thing. Number one is there's a God. Number two is that He knows what you're doing. Number three, 
So meaning, the Ram, what the Ram is simply saying is, I'm telling you to how, to how to simply know that you're doing what you're doing for the right reasons. That's all the Ram I'm saying. If you don't have that, then you're doing whatever you're doing because <coughs> that's wonderful and you came to it for whatever reasons, but you're not doing it for the right reason. That's perhaps what Rav Lach says in the understanding of the Rambam. Nonetheless, nonetheless in fact, many of, many of the poets given, most famously the Chazanesh, talks about this, where he talks about what, the, what is called a, a category called Tinak Shanishba, which is obviously very fa famously discussed. And that is, is that the Gomorrah talks about a child who was captured by uh, non-Jews and brought up in that society. And in such a society, that the fact that, the, that that child has certain problems in their belief system or in their practice system is as a function of their bringing up. So it happens to be the Chazanish does a very unique thing, and he applies that category to the, the question that he was asked, in fact, was in Israel. You see, the issue was, is that um, as Israel was a fledgling state, what was happening is, is the people who were in charge of everything, including electricity and water and everything else, all those systems was controlled by Jews. Right? So meaning the people who are operating those factories and operating the waterworks are Jews, but they're not Shomer Shabbos, right? The water carries on flowing on Shabbos in Israel. So how can you, how can you switch on the faucet? How can you ever benefit? How can you even just leave the electricity on for Shabbos when you know that the people operating those, the, the, the people who are maintaining the factories, they're maintaining the power plants are Jews on Shabbos? That was the question that he was asked already in the 1940s. And therefore, he made a very interesting application. And he said, you could say that there's a Tinoch Shanishba. You could say that a person who grew up without knowing better, and already the, the, maybe their parents or grandparents already threw off the yoke, really intentionally. And there's no, we, that, that, that the Chazanish is not addressing. But they themselves, unfortunately, they're at a point in, a point in time where they, no, they don't necessarily have the control over their education. So this, this may actually, in fact, supersede what, the Ram, I mean, the, what this Rebel Khanan is saying over here in this particular incident, which is just something obviously we resonate with because you know, a vast majority of Jews today simply don't have the necessary prerequisites to be able to know or not know um, the, um, what, what is actually going on or what's not true or not true. Be it as it may, this is, this is a very fascinating debate as to what about the accidental, the accidental person who doesn't believe, the accidental non-believer. Very, very serious and very uh, timely topic, unfortunately. The, the, what, we, what we have in front of us for today, this is just recap, what we have for in front of us today is the following, is the Ramam comes along and, and revolutionary. He comes along and says, these are the 13 tenets of belief, believe them in, believe them, don't believe them out. So the question is, is did history agree with him? Meaning, what, was the Rambam wholeheartedly accepted or were there people who disagreed? Now that's a self-answering question because, in general, <laughs> in general, Rambam had, had a lot of books burnt. You know, meaning, the, the, forget, the, forget even the Yud Gimel Ikarim. The, Rambam, the Rambam's Morinavuchim was burnt, but also what else of the Rambam was burnt? The Yad. The Yad, the, because the, his, his, his halachic work, in fact, was burnt as well as a, fu as a function of his first section, Sefer Amada. Right? So the, it happens to be that the, the Rambam, in general, was never, never gained full and universal acceptance. For many, many years afterwards, in fact, as we're going to come up to Tisha B'Av in three weeks' time, <laughs> it's interesting to know that one of the kinois is about the Shali Surufa Ba'esh. I think it's, uh, it's Kinah 40, 41. And in that Kinah, we talk about how there are 40 cartloads of, 24 cartloads of books, which is a lot of books, especially in the days when you don't have a printing press and everything was handwritten. So those, though, in Paris, there was 24 cartloads of books which were burnt. And, we, and, we, and uh, Mayor of Rottenburg, one of the great leaders of the time, wrote a kinna about that. Happens to be that Ra Rabbeinu Yonah 
um, is quoted as saying, one of his Talmudim is quoted as saying, that the reason why he feels that those books were burnt was because very, very, um, very, very um, proximate to that, just beforehand, in fact, the Jews themselves had burnt in the streets of Paris the books of the Rambam. And so he felt that, the, that in, in fact, this, this was a punishment for, um, for, the, for that incident itself. The book burnings for the book burnings when, when, um, when the, this occurred for, um, based on the Rambam. Now, it wasn't the Yudgim Karim. The Yudgim Karim were not burnt. But nonetheless, they also didn't have necessarily the same, um, what called warm, warm welcome all the way through history. So let's, let's examine a few of the people who disagree with the Rambam himself and then try to come back and say, well, in the end of the day, so bottom line, what, is, what, what, do, we, what do we do? Okay, so let, let's start at the very beginning. The Rambam, although he doesn't say, the, uh, actually articulate that Yud Gilad Karim in his halachic work, he does mention a few of them. This is where he actually, Paskins, we saw this last week, but let's just revise this for a moment in Source 1. This is where the Rambam actually talks about this Mishnah in Sanhedrin. He ex- explains it in the following way. And he says, Chamisha, in, in Source 1, Chamisha haim nikrain minim. There are five people who are called a min. The person says there's no God. Nobody's r- ruling the world, right? The watchmaker left the system and he, is, and he went to have lunch. But if a person says that, or you say, you know what, there is a leader, but he has a few helpers or partners, right? Maybe two. Um, a person who says that there is a God, but however, he is, a, he is of form. Right? He is of form. He says there was a, there is a, uh, he is a master, and he, um, and he, uh, but he, but he is not alone, and not the only creator. Or a person who serves any any deity or any power in the world. And a person who has who has a, a particular power that he has in uh, conversations with to be in, in to, between him and God, that is um, he is considered a min. We saw that the rivet. Min, it's actually hard to translate exactly. So, because yeah. the mean what the Rambam is saying, heretic is yeah, the general way we use it. But then it's very similar to the word we use for Apicaris, which is also you know a, a heretic. You know, so English doesn't serve us so well here. So actually, the definition of the word is better understood through the Rambam's and uh, 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 Rambam's um, principle uh, codifying it over here. What you could do if you wanted to be very careful is you could take a look at the Rambam's definition of Apikoros and his categories there and Min and then try to get a common denominator between the two of them and get a sense of where the mistakes happen in either. But it's not, it's not a, the word itself doesn't help us so well um, in terms of heresy because, you know, unfortunately today, and this is why we have to learn this very well, is today, you know, the word heretic is thrown around quite, um, quite freely. It's not so clear. That's why we have to appreciate really who really is a heretic or not. So the Rav says, Rabbe, um, the, the, the Rav Avram Avbeistin says the following. He says, Goddess. So he says, um, he says that, um, why, why is the Rambam calling a person who thinks that God has a body. You know, there's a, there's a famous story in the beginning, beginning of the book um, Element by uh, Sir Ken Robinson. He has a, uh, he has a, in, in, um, he has a story about, he talks about creativity and he, has a, a, he talks about a little girl who's in art class and she's, a, you know, five-year-old and, um, and, um, 
and the teacher notices that every time she comes past her, she covers up her, her, her drawing. And so at a certain point, the teacher is very curious and says, you know, Susie, what are you, what are you drawing? She says, I'm drawing a picture of God. So the teacher says, but Susie, everybody knows that you don't know what God looks like. So she says, well, in a few minutes, they will. <laughs> so, meaning, so the Ravid says is that if you were to read the Torah and look at the Torah, the Torah talks about Hashem coming and going and angered and has a hand and an outstretched arm and all these kind of things. You could come to that conclusion, and many people did. So how can you possibly call a person a heretic? How can you call that person out of the pale, says the Ravid. So already we see over here an interesting thing is that maybe the Ramam has exceptions. Maybe the Ramam isn't true across the board. Do you think, just we're reading this Ravid, do you think this is unique to, to this particular principle, the fact that God is corporeal or not? What do you think? Just, just, just from what the Ravid says over here. Meaning, is the Ravid attacking, in general, the fact that the Ramam, all the principles of the Ramam, the Ramam says that, you're, that, that you've, uh, you've gone too far by, by disbelieving it? Or is he only attacking this specific one um, over here? What, do you, what, do you, what would you think? Why, what was that, Michael? You think this one? Why? Why? Okay, so you're saying, why, why the specific one? But let's, let's, let's further the logic. Why in this case is the Ravid saying that a person is not considered a heretic because what led him to his conclusion? The Torah itself. Right? Meaning to say, in this particular incident, if you read the Torah, you could come to the wrong conclusion because the Torah simply says it the, the, that, that way. It talks about God in these terms. So, oh, if you read it literally, he's not disagreeing. He's not disagreeing with the Ramam. He's not no. disagreeing with the Ramam principle. He's, he's disagreeing with the apple. Correct. Because the Torah seems to lead you to that conclusion. Correct. So now, so, so, that, so meaning to say, he's arguing with what are you, how are you dubbing this person? Are you dubbing this person a min or not? And what seems to be logical over here is that it's only about this person, not about the rest of them, because there's a reason why you could get to the wrong conclusion, right? You might, the Ravid might say, by other, by other cases, let's say the fact that God exists, right? The, the Ravid's not going to say, well, you can't call that person a min, right? Because there's, no, there's nothing to support such a thesis. Dr. Cohen? Okay. No, just saying, essentially you're saying if you read the Torah, it's a rational conclusion. So you right. have somebody who is... Who is who is following your halakha, following your Torah, and he says there are other midolom. So the, how are you how are you able to take correct? You disagreeing correct? So but a principle that where people who dis gedolim will disagree with you. So by definition, it's not universally accepted. Correct. So what, but what that means to say is that the argument is local. That that, that that's just the point I want to uh, point out is that it might it, it seems to be a very local argument on this particular number one of 13 as opposed to saying this is perhaps the grounds for a full disagreement. So just need to be careful as to how much is being attacked over here. As you notice by the way, yeah? Uh, the the Rabbam, I think uh, would say over here that the interpretation of the Torah is fundamental so that for instance let's say you have uh, something ayin tafad ayin. Right? We all understand that that means homo. So uh, it's, a, it's the understanding of the Torah. So he would say that, you know, you take a, an anthropomorphism and you take it literally, you're out of the pale also because you're not interpreting it the way uh, it is accepted to be interpreted. Interesting. So what you're saying, Elliot, is that, is that actually the only way of understanding it is to be understood through the prism of understanding that there's no such thing as real, as real anthropomorphism or anthropopathism. Right. And therefore, 
and misunderstanding that itself is already the problem. Yeah, right, so that's what the rabbi is saying. Absolutely, absolutely. But the, the, rabbi, the rabbi's point in countering that is still, is that without that tradition, there were people who made that mistake, who were Chachmei Yisrael. So, but so, so. misread the Torah. That's improper reading. That's the Christian reading of the Torah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. In a, perspective. In Achinami. In Achinami. But it happens to be. It happens to be that the, the point the Rav is saying is that history has shown that there have been people who made that mistake, and we can't now retrospectively say, well, they're out. Right. The Rav doesn't identify who they are, but he says, Right. Meaning to say, he feels that they're even, you know, that, that people the Ramam should not get into the ring with. Right. So um, that that you, you're right. I think that's what the Ramam would say. But the Rav's counter is is that history has shown us otherwise. You can't now sort of exclude them. Um, we're going to see a number of those kind of type of arguments as we get a little further on, um, with Mashiach as well. Um, but let, let, uh, let's just realize that, of course, we know that the Ravid himself, just take a look at Source 2, and the Ravid himself does believe that God, in fact, is not of form. Now, this is, this is Rav Isidore Tversky in his, in his bi- uh, biography of the, of the Ravid. He says, there's not a shadow of doubt that the Ravid person was personally committed to the traditional Jewish view, which maintained the unlikeliness of and incorporeality of God. Um, as an indispensable corollary um, of the existence of the, and unity of God. Those Talmudic legends and homilies which nurture the corporeal misconception of God are, in his opinion, corrupting right opinion and religious matters. Also in his writings, Rived is emphatic and unequivocal concerning the elimination of all anthropomorphic attributes with regard to God. It is not correct to speak, of, um, speak in this manner about the Creator. So this is coming back to Dr. Huberfeld's point is that the Ravid himself clearly agrees with the Rambam. He just disagrees with the application of Min to such a person. Okay, so just to be clear about this. We're going to get to this. I want to get to this, Rav Hirsch, actually, a little later. When we come to this actual, maybe we'll spend a little more time focusing on the actual, when we get to this Ikar itself, we'll give a little more time to this Rav Hirsch, which is very, very fascinating. But be it as it may, this is, this is perhaps one of the earlier sources where we see already a disagreement to the Rambam. And the question we have to say is a general local, and it seems to be very localized on this particular issue because of the mistakes that, or that <coughs> certain people reached. Doesn't the Rambam himself and Shimon Prokim start saying it's like a children first, you, as a child, as they grow up, you teach them that they do, there is some kind of a corporal ability, but as they get more intelligent and they get wider, they use it as a tool for children to, to grow up and to finally they no, the understand Rambam, that. The Rambam says, the, when the, in, the, in Shimon Prokim, the Rambam talks about um, incentive. That, that's what he That's what he says. Meaning, he says we shouldn't be doing Torah for a reward, but you can still talk, you can start by educating children to do things for reward. And so you give them all chocolates, and you give them all kinds of things, and then you build them up, and you then you give them money, and then you talk about what's um, well to come and things like that. But at the end of the day, what what's really what really is that? That's about incentivization. He doesn't say that about the Rambam. Never never says that about uh, body. Okay, because that 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 for the Rambam is a very dangerous part of the faith system. Um, so this is, this, this is the starting point. This is where, where we, see, we already see dissent. Um, you know, they, they, they joke and they say, how do you know that, um, that Hashem created the world? It's because the Rambam said it and the Ravid didn't argue. Right? It's like one of these, uh, one of these yeshiva's jokes. Because the Ravid argues on everything, right? So, there, so if you want to keep the Rambam in check, the first place you go to is the Ravid. But let's go a little further into history. Happens to be that, in fact, that all the way through history, there were people who disagreed. So... Um, um, the first place to look is, in fact, the, um, into the Sefer of Or Hashem by, uh, by Ch- uh, Rav Chastai Kreskes. Um, when I first heard of Chastai Kreskes, I thought there was a group of people called Chastai Kreskes. Um, <laughs> but it happens to be Chastai Kreskes was a, um, a rabbi in Barcelona. 
and he later he was born in Barcelona in Spain. He later became the Rav of Aragon and Saragossa, and um, he was a he was a student of Rabbeinu Nissim, the Ran. The Ran is usually found at the back of the Gomorrahs on the Rif is the commentary along the side. So he is um, he is one of the later medieval commentators living in the 14th century, and uh, happens to be he was a he was a major philosopher. In fact, they say. If I'm not mistaken, they say that um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying, oh, they, they say that that Spinoza, in fact, originally was was inspired by the teachings of uh, of Rav Kreskas. He obviously went off the pale. He, he himself, in terms of uh, he, uh, but but he was a he was a formidable philosopher, and um, he has a book called Or Hashem, the Light of God, and in it he says the following: Hamaymer Hasheni. He says the following. And um, this is regarding principles of faith. But he comes to a different conclusion to that of the Rambam. He says the following. I want to talk to you about the foundations upon which the house of God is built upon. Um, um, and, and if you're able to understand the foundations, you can understand the building which is resting upon them. If you're to remove one of the foundation stones, then the entire building would collapse. Okay? So he feels that these are, these are them. This is really where it starts. What are them? When I looked at the Torah, I found that there were six foundation stones. As opposed to the 13 of the Rambam, Rav Chastai Kreska says there are six. What are they? Knowing God, that among existence. Knowledge of the world. His, his ability. The, fact, the fourth is the fact that he has prophecy, he communicates with humankind. Hey is the fifth one is Bechira, free will, and finally is Vav is Atachlis, is the point of existence or the, the ultimately reward and punishment of the, um, uh, within this creation. So he has six principles. Now, if you want to just, the, 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 it's very hard to read the words here, but he comes to them and you see, he shows you philosophically how he reaches them. This is very fascinating. He that this is what the Torah wants when it gives humankind a commandment. That God is the one who is the actor who commands the mitzvah, and we are the mitzvah, we are the person who commanded. It means to say, if there's such a relationship, right? We know when we open the Torah, the Torah tells us, keep Shabbos. That means to say that we are recipients of a command. So that relationship itself demands the following. It demands that the person commanding knows, right? He knows and wants and is able, right? Because if he commanded and he, did, if he, commanded and he wasn't serious about it and he walked away, then why would he be commanding? It must be he knows what you're doing. He's able to give repercussions on what you're doing. And he's willing, right? If, if such a relationship exists. And from the same, from the same um, communication, you're also able to know, And that means to say that if such a command exists, it must mean that the recipient is, uh, is, um, is willing and can choose and not being forced. Right? Then he goes on, Then he goes on, 
הימולד לנו מיסיח הסוס, מה ביניהם יחויב שיהיה מיסיח הסוס והדבקוס, מה ביניהם והוא הנבואה. And of course, because there is a relationship, there must be a continued relationship which is through prophecy. So what he essentially does is, וליוס כל פועל טבעי, אוי מלאכתי, וכל שכן רצוני ומפועל, I don't know what that, 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 that um, particular base is over here, השלמוס תכלס ידוע אין המלט בפועל השלם הזה וליוס לתכלס חושב ולא זה דאינוי לחלק מהמים לשישה הכללים and it must be therefore he says that therefore there's a purpose of this whole relationship meaning if I'm looking at this relationship and God's saying you, want to do, you, you should be doing something I know that God, want, God exists, God knows and God is able I know that you're, you, you can think, you can choose and there must be a relationship of communication between the two of you, and there's an outcome. That if you do it, yeah, you're going to get um, um, a great reward. If you don't do it, you're going to get punished. So he says, just from that, that communication, I can derive six principles, and without them, the whole, the whole communication falls apart, but with them, it all makes sense. That's what, that's what he says. So you see, what, you see what he's doing? He's starting from a very different point to the Rambam, right? He's not coming to the mission in Sanhedrin and talking about people who believe in God or not. He's just saying, I'm looking at the basis of religion. Does it have to be Judaism? Not necessarily even. This is, the, this is philosophically the, the fundamentals of any religion, says, says Rav, Rav Kreskes. So coming to it himself, he arrives at a very, different, a very different perspective. It happens to be the Rambam approximates most of these, right? The Rambam talks about all these things <coughs> with the exception of, what does the Rambam exclude from these? Bechira, right? The Rambam doesn't include free, free, um, um, free will. Interestingly, why it doesn't. But um, it might be that he includes that in Schar Onish. Not clear. But... Um, but at but the end of the day, it's interesting that, that Rav Kresses comes to a different conclusion. Let's, let's, let's go a little further. Um, Rav, Shimon, um, uh, Rav Shimon Duran, the, who, was the, who was in fact the Tashbates, or the Rashbates, also born in Barcelona, and um, in, uh, around the same time, in fact, as Rav, uh, Rav Kreskes, he, um, he, he, he actually moved to Africa, became the, the Rav of Algiers, um, and uh, also for formidable in philosophy, astronomy, and mathematics. So he has a pirush on, on, on Meseches Avos called Magen Avos. Very early pirush on, on Meseches Avos. And of course, we all begin Meseches Avos with the Mishnah in Sanhedrin, which is Kol Yisrael Yishalayim Chelek Lo Lama Ba. Shnei Mavameh Kulan Tzadikim Lo That's uh, the way we start Pirkei Avos. So in his pirush on Avos, he starts commenting on that. And what he does is he says something very interesting. He starts talking about now, and this is, this is a section of it, of his, of his introduction, but what he starts saying is the following, is that there's three categories of, there's three categories of principles, and the first five of the Rambam can be slotted into my principle number one, belief in God, the next three can be slotted into the notion of Torah min HaShemayim, and the last two can be slotted into my last one, which is relationship. So what he, what he starts doing is he starts looking at the Rambam, and he says the Rambam isn't maybe necessarily 13. Maybe the Rambam is okay. essentially three, just, just compressed into categories. Now, that's very interesting. Right? So is he disagreeing with the Rambam? Not clear. It's not clear if he's disagreeing with the Rambam. He has a few questions on the Rambam. But it seems more like he's, what he's doing to the Rambam is he's streamlining what the Rambam had done. Right? The Rambam is a system, but the, I'll, give you, I'll give you, we'll call it the, the structure of the system, says, says, um, says the Tash Bates. Now... The person who, who was the most, the, the greatest student of both of the, both of the Rav, uh, Rav Kreskus and the Tashbates, who lived just a little after them, and his name was Rav Yosef Albo. Lived in 1380 to, to 1444, and um, also living in, um, in Christian Spain. Um, and uh, he wrote 
a book, um, he was actually very involved in the disputation at Tortosa, and um, he wrote a book called Sefer HaIkarim, the book of the Ikarim. We're more familiar with Rav, with Rav Yosef Alba and Sefer HaIkarim, it's more well known, but it happens to be that he's built on the lap of both Rav, Rav Kreskes and the, the Rash Bates, who are lesser less known. He was a student of both of them. And he says the following, he disagrees with the Rambam, we saw before he disagrees with the gravity of the 13 principles, but he also disagrees within the number. And this is what he says in uh, the very top of page 4. He says, <coughs> This is the best way to count them, he says. The, the truth is, <coughs> There are only three. The existence of God. That, that Hashem is, is aware for Shachar and Onesh and Torah in Hashemayim, and the fact that the Torah is from heaven. And these three are the primary, um, the, the primary three categories for anything else in, in religion. When you say Torah, it means to say it incorporates everything about that, that um, subject. And of course, every Ikar is going to have now uh, bullet points. There's going to be subcategories of each of these. The fact that we believe in God means to say that we believe that He was the creator of the world. The fact that He is eternal, that he's going to be, He was, will be, right? That He's alone, that there's nobody else, that we should pray to Him, right? All these things, which the Ramah will set up as separate categories, are in fact one. When we say that we believe in Torah, that means to say we believe in the prophets, we believe that Moshe's prophecy is unique, we believe that nothing's changed, right? All those things which the Ramam will say will be separate, unique things. He says, no, that's all incorporated into Torah. What does he leave out, by the way? What, what, what couldn't fit into these categories, interestingly enough? What, what of the Rambam's 13 will not make the cut into the Sefer Karim's um, general three? Right, so Mashiach might be one of them and what else? Okay, interesting. Well, that, that might, that might, make, might be part of that. I'm trying to remember if he actually attacks that point himself. But the, another part of it is, is Mashiach and also Tchias Amesim. Right, Tchias, those, those two don't really sound like they're part of the um, the system that he has it um, and he says it. What was that? It might be part of I think he actually says himself that it's not it's not as in the same severity. Um, what he does say at the end though is a very interesting thing. He says in the last paragraph he says So he says I want I need to find something that I can pin this to because in the end of the day the Rambam what's the Rambam doing? The Rambam is reflecting on the Mishnah and Sanhedrin. And he's telling you that the reflection of that mission of San Israel, the people who are out, is my system. So where's he coming from? Sounds like he's just sitting, sitting, sitting down and uh, thinking about things and thinking more about things, and he's coming up with a system. So where does he get it from? So he says the following. Listen to this. He says, he says, when you read the Tefillah of Musa for Rosh Hashanah, that there are three separate brachos, what are they? Shem Alchios, Zechronos, Shofros, Shem Keneged, Gimohai, Karmalalu. 
right la ha ir leva adam ki bai mona sai karmalalu hey em sifa em sharshem ki fi ma sharoi yiske adam bidina lifna shem that if a person believes on the highest holy day of the year these three principles matthias the kind of shafros which he feels are parallel to Here's the idea of the fact that there is God, the fact that, that there's, there's Hashkacha, the fact that there is Torah Min HaShemayim. That, that is what he feels, therefore, is the basis of what, what Atshik and Nisak was, was doing on Rosh Hashanah. Notice, by the way, that Rosh Hashanah is the only davening in the year that has three in the middle. Generally, Hashanah Esra is in the format of three at the beginning, three at the end, and a subsection in, in the middle. On a weekday, we have 13 in the middle. On Shabbos and Yom Tov, we have one in the middle. That's it, right? So there's seven in total on a regular Shabbos. A regular Yom Tov, and there's 19 on a regular day. Which one was the extra one? Not, not clear. Um, not so clear. There's, there's a debate as to what was the extra, what was expanded. But, Orochon is the only time in the year where we actually have three in the middle. So, Rav Albo says that the three in the middle are obviously very fundamental. What, how fundamental are they? They're the fundamentals of faith. That's what, that's what Rav, Rav Albo says. And by the way, this is just a snippet of a much, much longer... Um, a much longer book. He has the Sefer Economy is an entire book. He spends a lot of time on this. This, and you'll notice, by the way, that this is in this section quoted is. Let's just see where this is. This is in I think for section four. Sefer Karim one four. Right. This is in Ma, uh, this is in Maimar Aleph section Dalit. The the previous three sections were attacking the Rambam. He spent a long time actually piece after piece arguing on the Rambam for different reasons. Okay. And at this point in time, he says, "Well, this is what I believe. This is not what I just dis- disbelieve. This is what I do believe." So, this is the Sefer Karim most famously disagrees with the Rambam. At a certain point, he actually argues that the Rambam really meant what he said. <laughs> um, meaning that the Rambam really, really, the Rambam really was getting at what he really meant, but he's making it much simpler for us to have it into the categories of three. But he does disagree with the gravity of disbelieving. That, that, that he does say explicitly, as we saw last week. Now, this is, if, if, you, if you're looking at these particular arguments, what are these arguments doing to the Rambam? What, 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 what's going on over here? Just, just to look at, at the system of what's, of what's happening. The Rambam says, you have the, all these very important principles. If I step, step over the line, you're out. Right? And what are, what are all these people doing? What's the Tashbates? What's the, what's the Or Hashem? What's the, what's the Sefer Karim doing? Minimizing. They're minimizing what the Rambam is saying, essentially. They're saying to the Rambam, either, either you need less, like the Tashbates, or perhaps we can, we can broaden the categories into bigger things and therefore, small, uh, therefore there's only three of them. But at the end of the day, what they're doing is they're saying, the Ra- you don't need as much as the Ram said to be part of this, to be a part of the party. They're sliding them into their three. His 13 or most of them are in the other okay, three. Right. So he's not arguing. The bottom line is the same. He, you're over this. doesn't matter if you're over number nine of the Rambam or number one. Yes or no. Yes or no. He, at the same time, the Rambam didn't give us three. Right? Meaning at the end of the day, the Rambam still felt that each of these are distinct and unique. But at the end of the day, also, he's, there are certain ones who are not going to fit into his rubric. So in the end of the day, what they, what's happening is, is, is they're minimizing. What I want to do with, uh, 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 learn with you at this point in time now is the people who disagreed with the Rambam in the opposite direction. Right now, everybody's disagreeing with the Rambam up to this point in history and saying, the Rambam, you've got too many, it's too much. So let's minimize it or let's categorize it. But in the end of the day, they're, 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 they are, they're simplifying the Rambam system. Now let's see the argument in the opposite direction. So it happens to be that the Abar Benel, besides for being the most prolific author on the Torah, he wrote many other Sorim as well. He was unbelievable. Unbelievable. He wrote a sefer called Rosh Amana. The Rosh Amana is a 24-chapter book dedicated completely and alt- um, um, utterly to the Rambam, to the Rambam's 13 principles of faith. It is really quite remarkable. And what he does is the following. It's, it's quite something to see. So the, the Rav Daniel Sakabar Benel, as we know, living a little later, he's living later than all of these people we've talked about up till now, says the following, and I actually what I did is I put the table of contents 
of the Rosh Hashanah, so you get a sense of what the book's about. Okay, so he starts off, this is on the right-hand column on source 7, Haperek Harishon. This is just an Abominel in his clear, lucid way of describing things. That everything you know, you know what's coming. So he has his introduction. He's Haperek Harishon, Bezichron Das Harav HaMaimoni Behisodei HaTorah Vikora, Vikorea Kufima Shehevi Behirishon Mishnah Vesefer Minyan Amitzvah Sasherloi. So number one, he says, I'm going to lay out in chapter one, what are the 13 principles of faith? Chapter two. Now I'm going to give you the people who disagree. Chapter 2 is the people who disagree. What we've done up till now. I'm going to now enumerate the 17 questions that they have on the Rambam. Then he continues. And the next barrack is Esrim Vishloshos another 23 questions. Asher Eir Heir Harav Chastai Neged Harav Abamoni, Bavura Mitzvah Sashem Mona Bixasai Korem. And I have another 23 questions which Rav Chastai actually asks on the Rambam. And then Aperika Chamishi, Bishmonis Sveikos Acherem, Sheyartiani. I have another 8 questions which I felt that they didn't actually address. Okay, so let me be absolutely clear. <laughs> Any problem you have, I'm going to put it out over here. We're going to, we're going to do the laundry publicly. We're going to make sure every, every dot is known. This is what the, what the Barbadell seeks to do. By the way, I, I, will, I didn't include this in the source sheets. I found this afterwards, but I was able to get a hold of a very, a very um, lucid table of, in English of all these questions. So, uh, you know, just, uh, just as an example. Um, these are these are the twenty-seven questions listed in the Barbanel. You know, just just as an example, the fifth of the of the Maimonides principles that God ought to be worshipped is a particular commandment, and as such, ought not to be counted as a principle. Meaning, the fact that you pray to Hashem is a mitzvah, not an ikar. That's uh, one of the questions that's asked. Meaning, right tefillah is a is a command. Another example: Why would denying the belief in resurrection cause the Torah not to collapse? Which is essentially what <coughs> Rav Albo is doing right there. He's excluding Tchiyazamesim. Why did Maimonides fail to count as a principle be- uh, belief creation? Right, so there's things he should have, there's should have things he shouldn't have. There's many, many examples of this. Why in the Sefer Ramadah did Maimonides call the first principle the foundations of all foundations, Yesod Hayesodos, right, in the pillar of all sciences, instead of calling it one of the foundations? Right, there are many, many questions the Ramam has on him. That's uh, one of our Rabbanel's questions. But in the end of the day, I'll try to send this out to Vinayda after share. If anybody's not on the mailing list, the email list, please let me know so I can include you. Um, um, but the, the Barber now lays out very clearly all disagreements on the Rambam. And then, that's only up till chapter, f- uh, t- chapter 5. And now he says, in Perak Sheshi, in the sixth uh, chapter onwards, He says, first I want to define for you what an Ikar means. Then he goes on to say, I'm going to give you a second introduction in the seventh chapter. I'm going to explain the first one. And he goes on, he spends 22 chapters explaining and defending the Rambam. Right? He is the knight in shining armor. He defends the Rambam against all these questions, his own, Rav Yosef Alboys, Rav Kreskis, all of them, he defends, he defends the Rambam. And at this point in time, you know, you're at 22 chapters in. You think, okay, you've made the case. This is it. There's nothing else to be said. His, he, he's going to give the stamp of history. He's going to have the last word on the matter. And then he does an about turn. 180 degrees. Chapter 23, what happens is after fully 
defending the Rambam, the Ababanel actually now attacks the Rambam, which is the most remarkable thing. In the last two chapters of Rosh Hashanah, the Ababanel disagrees with the Rambam. Listen to his disagreement. I, I included this section actually in our notes. I'm on, this is on, um, on the top of page 5. He says, I like, I like to tell you, read the, the Rambam's principles himself. The Parashah Mishnah, the Zichron HaIkar and Be'ikar Ashmini. What is the eighth principle of faith according to the Rambam? He says, Shuhu Torah Min HaShemayim. The Rambam believes that Torah is from heaven. Right? That's, you have to believe that. He says, Om Rizal, Ve'ein Hefresh Bein Bnei Cham Kushu Mitzrayim, Ben Enochi HaShem Elokecha. And the Rambam makes explicit that it doesn't make a difference whether you disagree with the Pasuk that the Bnei Kush or Mitzrayim, which is a Pasuk in Parashas Noach, right? And meaning about the generations of a part of the family which is not really significant to Jewish history. Or you disbelieve in the first of the Aseris Adibros. It doesn't make a difference. Right? Hakomi Piagvura, Vakol Torah Hashem Tamima, Kedush of Emes. It's like an electric circuit. You know, you could pull out the smallest diode, but at the end of the day, if the circuit isn't complete, it's not working. So the Ramah says that any letter, any even seemingly insignificant pasuk in the Torah, is breaks the system. It's a circuit breaker. The Rambam himself agrees that Ein Roi Shinaniach Betoras Elokim Emunos Bemadregos Hasharoshim Vahascholos Shiyuchuyav Kol Baldas LeKablom VeEmunos Acheros Yuch Shiyuchal LeSapek Bohem. That means to say the Rambam is saying you can't put any part of the Torah on a pedestal above any other part of the Torah. The Rambam just told us that that pasuk in Noach talking about the generations of Cham is equally as significant to us as the first of our series of Debrois. So you can't tell me, therefore, that there's actually tiered systems within the Torah of things you should believe more and things you should be, believe less. It doesn't work like that. Because you know what the problem is? Is when you say to, say to us, you know, these, let's, let's, call, let's give a random number, these six, these six are the ultimate. These six are the most important. What are you saying? Yeah, You're saying is, the other 607, right, that are, are really essentially, it's all right. You know, you could, you could really, you know, give them second thoughts. That's what you're saying. So the Rabbanel says, but the Rabbanel himself laid out that you can't ever create such a doubt. Look at that post in, in, in Pashnach. If it's true about the belief, same to in Mitzvahs. You can't tell me that certain mitzvahs are more important than other ones. You see very important mitzvahs. Example, right? remembering the day of Mamad Ar-Sinai. Right? We talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim all the time. Right? That's a very important mitzvah. And doing, this is a very important mitzvah, is doing the right and the good, which is an inclusive mitzvah. After the loving your friend is your neighbor, which has got many, many applications. But they aren't included in the Ikarim. How can you choose one mitzvah of another, which is more important? We know the mission of us says, don't start playing games and start, don't start saying, I'm going to hedge, I'm going to do a lot of this in order to be able to get a good, you know, this, this is a good stock to take. Because you don't know, you just simply don't know what's going up and down in the spiritual world. 
ואיך אם כן נעשה אנחנו מהם חלוקות ונניח בהם מדרגות השורשים ומדרגות הנופים, רק ניתן לדבר פה מה הרוצות ומה הרוצות של הטרי. וכבר נוכל להמליץ בעד הרב הגודל. אז הוא אומר, אם זה נכון, אז הוא אומר, 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 He spent his whole time defending the Rambam. He says Torah means Shemaim. Once he says Torah means Shemaim, so he says they're all legal. He doesn't have to. Right, but then the Rambam, but then the Rambam shouldn't have thirteen principles. All the Rambam should have said is Torah means Shemaim, and everything else should be justified. Well, he's trying to simplify it for one person. Okay, okay, good. Okay, good. Right, we need to understand what the Rambam is trying to do. But we need to appreciate stage one. The Rambam's argument stage one is is that everything is an ikarimuna. Every single part of Torah is an ikarimuna to believe in because you can't really doubt anything else which is on tier two. Therefore, what's the Rambam doing? So as you're addressing Dr. Hardingman, and this is what he says, he now tries to defend the Rambam. I'm going to tell you what I think he's trying to do. The Rambam is not saying, telling us what are the principles of the Torah. You'll notice that none of the principles of the Torah are actually mitzvahs. So he's not actually putting on a pedestal one mitzvah above the other. I mean, if the, the Rambam... So that, that, that prerequisites essentially for, for, for the rest of them. So, let, so let, let's, let's come back to that in just a moment. I want to see how, if, 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 this is, if we can put this into the words of Barbanel himself. Barbanel is trying to address this issue. It's, it's at the end of the day. So how are you putting something on a pedestal? So his answer number one is, is that in fact the principles of faith are not mitzvahs. So you're not putting one mitzvah above the other. It's not saying that these you have to believe. He says, look, there's many people we know. You meet many Jews and there are many very simple people out there. Right? There are many people who don't have, you know, they're not going to be philosophers and they're not going to be professors at universities. They're regular amcha, regular, regular holy Jews. Right? He says, And they didn't have necessarily the, 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 the same educational opportunities. He says, but therefore the Raman is, he says, I'm going to set up a system for those people who can't necessarily come to principles themselves through learning everything. I'm going to give you the basics, the basics of Judaism. Does it mean to say that there's something more important than others? No, it means to say that these are more encompassing, perhaps, that was what you were saying, Baruch, that they're more, these are the, the, these are the introduction to Judaism. That every person can have access to Torah or completion. Even people who are not educated by receiving the Ezemunus. So therefore, when the Rambam says the 13 principles, listen to this last line. They are really 13 according to the Talmud HaShomea as an educational tool, not as really an objective reality. So when the Rambam says that there are 13 principles, he's not saying that these 13 principles are the absolute. He's telling you, I want to educate people, and therefore if you need to educate, you need these prerequisites to really believe the rest of the system. 
So what the, the it's almost like you can sort of hear the, the balloon fizzling now, right? The, the, the Babanel's put a put a pin in it. The, what the Babanel's saying is that the, the Yudgal and the Karim of the Rambam isn't as significant as we perhaps thought about it because everything is significant. But this is perhaps the access, the easiest way to access the pre, pre, easiest prerequisites to the whole system itself. Um, I see that we've got a little bit over time. Um, what, I, what, what we didn't get to today, and we're going to spend maybe a little bit of time next, um, next week on, is in fact the modern, ti- the modern day um, resuscitation of this argument. And that is, is actually in the last 25 years there's been a very heated debate over the principles of the Rambam. In article after article there's been re- rejoinders after rejoinders after rejoinders and it's got very, very heated. And what we're going to do is we're going to spend a little bit of time just following, following tracing that, um, that, um, um, that argument that, uh, that has appeared recently. And with that, we'll be able to actually now dive straight in to the um, Ikarim themselves. Because a lot of the arguments which are made, we're going to see are actually very specific. So what we've been doing now is very general. We have time now to actually go into the, very, the specifics and see how they apply to each of the specific um, Ikarim. Thank you very much for making it on the hardest day to have this. We're not going to be doing this on Tisha <laughs>